Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations, and with me, as always, is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Mr. Jeff Luddington. How you doing today, Jeff? I am doing well, man. We are getting back into a rhythm with school started and new things and uh, learning where our recording time goes. So yeah, man, glad to be doing it. Great. All right. So we're, we're in our series called Questions from the Classroom. Last year, you were teaching all of our high school seniors at Valley Christian High School. Yep. I've been there for now 14 years. I've been teaching Bible 13 of those years. And so we just have collected questions and we're using those uh, for our, our basis for these different podcasts. And so what our question is today is this, is tithing something we are still required to do? I want to insert a sponsorship ad for the church. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. So I get the impression from this question when they say still required to do is they're thinking it used to be required. Okay. It may not be anymore. So going to Leviticus 27, 30 through 32, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. So seems pretty clear. But again, some people might say, well, that's Old Testament. The question is, is tithing something that we are still required to do? Yeah, that's great. And, And I think there's a... Immediately what we hear is a false dichotomy between the Old Testament and New Testament as if the two are not the same story, right? And so um, I think that's a part of it. And so just to give that a little perspective, um, tithing is mentioned roughly 10 times in the New Testament. Now it's written 42 times total. So one in four times is in the New Testament, three out of four times in the Old Testament. But let me give a little perspective. Murder, as an example, which is not a question where we get like, hey, is murder still bad, right? Like most people are still there. Murder is mentioned about 15 times in the New Testament and only 24 times total in the Bible. So very close to the same, you know, 10 and 15 are very close numbers in the New Testament references. And tithing is mentioned almost twice as much as murder. And yet we don't have any questions about murder, right? We still know that's wrong. And so there's a a sense that, um, you know, maybe the Old Testament and New Testament aren't tied together when it comes to money. And I I would have to say there's probably a fair point to say there's some misunderstanding, but also there's there's gotta be other reasons. We'll get to that in a second. But so New Testament verse, my favorite reference for this, it's Jesus speaking. And he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, right? So Jesus is kind of on one with the religious leadership. He says, for you tithe mint and dill and and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now, Here's what he's saying. You tithe, but you're not very good to people. You're not just, you're not merciful, right? And so, But here's his outcome, and this is the important part. Those you ought to have done, you should tithe, he's saying, without neglecting the others. Those you should have done, I'm sorry, let me reverse that. You should care about people, he's saying. Those you should do, justice, mercy, things like that, without neglecting tithing, as an example. So Jesus says you should be tithing, but you also should be doing other things, right? You should be carrying on all of it. 
So let's, just to clarify, some churches will call it an offering. Some mm-hmm. churches will call it a tithe. Um, we're commanded in Scripture to be generous. Yep. So what is the difference between those? Tithing has a concept to it that it, it really means first tenth. And so uh, modern day, you got 100 bucks. first $10 goes to God, right? goes to the church. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But generosity is a calling, especially in the New Testament. Um, offering is something that is beyond the tithing. So we have tithing and then offering. So I tithe to the church. And then because you and I know a lot of students, we get missionary letters and, and we get, you know, college students fundraising for sports activities, things like that, right? And so when I, and I, I try and give as often as I can to those kind of things, or Breast Cancer Society or World Vision, all those things, right? That's offering. And so that is over and above tithing. So tithing goes to the church first 10% or more. Offering is other stuff, could be to the church, could be outside the church. Generosity is an attitude we should take on about finances. Like, hey, let's not look at the bare minimum we could do, but how do we become generous, right? So let me ask you a question. You ask me a lot of stuff. And and so why do you think that tithing is so present in Scripture and yet it's such a common question? And, And it's a common question because it's a common struggle. So I'm asking kind of, not just a theological answer. Why do you think this is such a struggle that we see? Well, I think one thing is that it's, I actually am putting my faith into action. I'm Mm. being called to, just to borrow a phrase, I'm putting my money where my faith is. And so I'm I'm actually giving without necessarily knowing for sure that I'm going to have enough. If I give first, then am I going to have enough later? So if it's first 10th, right? And you give the first $10 is the $90 going to make it, right? Or, you know, whatever it might be, however the number's done. And people think, like, if I had more money, but I would say more money, more bills, harder time giving a bigger check away, right? Or a bigger amount away. But yeah, there's a sense of trusting and believing in God. That's good. What else? Um, I think there's a sense of idolatry here. Like, we trust in money mm. sometimes more than God, and we're, we're hesitant to give it up. Like yeah. I, I, I get my identity sometimes from my possessions. I, I didn't look this up, but I, I think it's Craig Shell that writes uh, a book called Practical Atheist. And in it, he says something to the effect of, I, um, I believe in God, but I trust in money, right? Like, when I have to pay my bills, I trust more in my paycheck, my money, the, 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 the cash in a, in a savings account or something, than I do in God to provide for me. And I think that that becomes... What we truly place our trust in becomes that idol. That's good. What else? Uh, I think there's an attitude that it's my money, mm. right? I see it as mine. I worked hard for it. And so it's difficult to give it up. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I often use the language, of, if I'm going to teach on this, I start with, hey, if you got out of bed this morning, right, if you have breath in your lungs, or if you have a job, uh, that's because God got you out of bed this morning, put breath in your lungs, gave you a skill, gave you that job, right? And so... Now, your life is, is all God's, especially in the gospel, especially as Christians, right? And now it's about stewardship. It's about caring for what God has given you uh, as his, like you're a good steward or manager of it. Anything else come to mind? Yeah, I think sometimes we, because we don't want to give, mm-hmm. we try to come up with ways to justify not giving or even to equate something else. Um, I've heard people say, well, I give my time. Mm. To the church. I, I serve, and therefore, I don't need to give money as well. It's one or the other. 
So since I don't, since nobody specifically said that today, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my honest reaction to that. Um, that is one of the most frustrating things as a pastor that I hear in this conversation. First off, you're not doing me any favors by serving. You're serving your church. You're donating time or skills or whatever, right? You know, the drummer that's here is donating his time and his skill set and his music, right? You're not doing me and you're not serving me. You're serving your church. Like you own the need as much as I do. But um, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Jesus here. That you should do without neglecting the other, right? You should give of your time without neglecting tithing. You should serve. You should volunteer. Uh, but that's not a trade, right? Somebody has to pay the electric bill and your volunteering an hour on a Sunday to make coffee doesn't fix that, right? I mean, like bringing that to the church is actually a need and you should show up, make the coffee, play in a band, do whatever, because this is your church, not my church. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's, I know that comes up a lot. And, and that one is, that one's frustrating because I really sense the disconnect from them feeling that the church is theirs. And um, yeah, and I guess if they felt like the church was theirs, maybe giving might even be approached differently too. I don't know. So anyhow, but I will say that is a frustrating one. So if we see what I, what, or if we see our money as, as God's, we are mm. stewards, right? We see this call to act out our faith. It's an act of worship to give. Um, where does scripture point to, where does, where can this go terribly wrong? Like what happens <laughs> if we choose just not to do it and ignore this passage? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, this is an area that is constantly talked about, uh, especially with Israel. Hey, you've dropped the ball here, right? My favorite, favorite, favorite passage to read, and it's not because it preaches so strongly, but which it, I, I do appreciate that. But I love when God is just clear and, I mean, raw and sometimes even angry and to a point, right? And, and I don't mean I'm glad he's angry at them. When I sense his anger, like I need to apply that to myself, right? I'm not, I'm not excusing me out of the conversation, but... In Malachi, God says some of the strongest words. And if you're unfamiliar, Malachi's all the way at the end of the Old Testament. It's a minor prophet. He's speaking to the people of God, and they're way, way, way off track. And he says this in chapter 1. He says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I then, God says, if I then am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. <laughs> so, he says, listen, if you had an, a business owner or a landlord who rents you an apartment or whatever, you would do what they say and treat them one way. And yet I'm God, right? And you treat me less appropriately. He says, so why do you despise me? And, he, and then he has this mock dialogue. He's like, and here's what the priest would say. But you say, how have we despised your name? God's answer is by offering polluted food on my altar. Now, bear in mind again, the tithing like the Leviticus passage you read, um, primarily their vocations were growing food and raising cattle, right? And so the polluted food on my altar is like, you're bringing your food or your animal, but you're bringing diseased animal. And that's what he gets to, right? They say, well, how have we polluted you? And he says, by saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals and sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame and sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says God, right? And so here's what he says. 
when you bring your animal as a tithe or your grain as a tithe, but your grain is all mildewy, it's the stuff you can't use, and your animal's blind or diseased. Now, how many of us want to eat a diseased cow? No one. So it's good for nothing. You don't want to mate one. You don't want to mate a blind one. You don't want to mate a diseased one. So basically what you're doing is you're giving God what you can't use. So that's like this. I get 100 bucks, and I pay this, and I go to Starbucks, and I do all this, and at the end of the month, what I have left over is 1250 And I'm like, okay, I'll give 10 bucks to God because I have 1250 left, or I'll keep 250 and I'll get my month started, right? Now I know nobody can live on 100 bucks, but you're, you're giving what is left over versus that idea, like we said, of giving God the first and trusting him, or the best, right? And so he says, now entreat the favor of God. In other words, like, okay, if you, pay, if you treated the government, the IRS, like this, if you said, hey, I've paid all my bills and gone to Starbucks and I had to pay my Hulu subscription and I needed some new shoes, here's what's left over, here's my income taxes, or here's my payroll taxes, here's my, you know, my um, property taxes on my house, would they accept you? And the answer is no, they'd throw you in jail and levy your house, right? He's saying, but that's what you do to me. That's it. It's a strong, strong passage. He says, and then you turn to me and ask me for things, but you haven't even kept up your commitment. Anyhow, super, super strong passage. What do you hear in all that? Uh, I, I don't think God can be any more clear in this situation. <laughs> um, I'm True. someone who likes examples, and, and I, I like the, the logical reasoning here. Yeah. And, and my first reaction was, ooh, at least that's not me. He's mad at somebody else. And then my immediate second reaction is, oh shoot, that's that's yeah, me. He's talking like, to me. <laughs> I don't I don't give animals, but sometimes I do give what's left over. And sometimes it's even my worship. Like I sure. I worship other things. And then, you know, or you're sitting in church and you're thinking about the football game that's right. coming on and I realize I'm not giving God the best of my thoughts and the best of my time and the best of my efforts. Yeah, I have a I have a habit. Um, I have auto deposit on income and I give online. And so I, I think it was different back in the day when you'd bring a check to church or cash to church or, you know, Old Testament, they, I mean, a New Testament church, right? They'd um, bring in gold and lay it at the feet of the apostles kind of thing. So that was different, obviously. But, you know, giving is a part of my worship. I, I see it as a part of my spiritual disciplines with God, my worship of God, right? Trusting him, believing in him, not idolizing money, things like that. So I've made a pattern of I get an income in, right? And I, I sit down to pay my bills and do whatever I need to do. The first thing I do is tithe, right? And so I'm giving of the first, and then I pay my house payment and my electric bill or whatever else, right? And so I give to the church first as my way of honoring God first. And seriously, and, and I mean, I, I'm in a good place today, but I've had seasons where things were thin, right? I remember times of running out of money, like, ooh, what can I pay or what can I not pay? And you have to get to that place. But I, if I already have taken care of God, and, and when I say taking care of God, God doesn't need my money. He wants my worship, right? And the church obviously could use this. If, if everybody gave to the church, if, if we wouldn't have budget issues like we normally do. And that's, that's all churches, not just generations, right? But I do that first out of a way of honoring God first. And in then times, honestly, I've had to make some decisions on the back end of what I give or on the back end of what I pay and do. Yeah. Right. So if we're going to have to cut back or skimp on something, it's not the tithe that we want to be skimping on. It's right, it should be Starbucks or, you know, a cell phone or, yeah, Hulu, right? I mean, things we don't have to have should get cut, not God. Yeah. So if, if, we're, if we're not tithing, we see 
what God says about right. hey, if you're not tithing, how do you how do you fix this? What's the scriptural way to fix this issue? Yeah, so that's Malachi one. That was just what three or four verses, whatever we just read. So God goes off for another entire chapter in chapter two. He gets worse, not better. Uh, and in Malachi three, he is wrapping up his critique of them, but he also gives a solution. So he says this. He says, from the days of your fathers, you've turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. In other words, you've been disobedient for generations, right? Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord, right? And then he he gives that mock conversation again. But you say, how shall we return? His answer is, will a man rob God? Love that line, right? Yes, that one does preach, right? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? And his answer is, in your tithes and contributions. Now, pause there for a sec. In your tithes could have been his answer. In your tithes and contributions. So tithes and offerings. So not just your commitment, but your level of giving above that, right? And so here's what he says, and he wraps up with this. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So a couple notes. Bring the full 10%, the first tenth. Bring that, and it's and it's very specific, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So tithing is a first tenth given to the church, God's house, the church, right? Not given a world vision, not given to a missionary, not given to this, not given to that. It's to the house, right? To God's house. Because the church needs to exist and do the things that it's called to do, and you're a part of that, right? So bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he goes on. He doesn't leave it just there. He says, and thereby put me to the tests. Test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down from you, for you, excuse me, a blessing until there's no more need. So this is the only place in all of scripture where it says you can test God. In fact, it says don't test God in many other places. He says, listen, you want to test me, you can do it right here. Bring the full tithe, right? Start there bring the full tithe and see if I don't bless you for it. And that's not prosperity doctrine, like if you give, God wants to make you rich. It's not that at all. It's if you will trust me, I will make sure you're okay, right? If you will give, if you will tithe, if you will do this, I will provide for you. This is like you said, right? And you trust in me instead of in money. It's funny in America, our money says in God we trust, and yet it's totally not true, right? So he says, try me, test me, and here's my promise. I will open up heaven and bless you. I will make sure you're taken care of. So as we, we wrap this up, I can see a couple ways where this can be convicting, where we can be challenged by this. For sure. Um, I think some of us, myself included, we grew up in, in Christian homes, and our parents taught us at a young age the, the idea of, of tithing and here's your allowance, set aside this much, put it in the, in the plate when it comes by. And I think for some of us, we can almost see this as just something we do out of habit and not an act of worship. We need to remember that this is, this is us trusting God. Uh, I think, though, for those who have never really done this before, you know, the, the thought is, well, where do they start? And I think right. for many of us, it's, it's that idea of, of taking time in prayer and just saying, God, I want to trust you. Can you help me take little steps? Right? Sometimes just getting started is the hardest part. And so maybe it's just setting aside a little bit of your paycheck to begin with, a little bit of your income, and putting it into the offering each week, into the tithing, um, and then moving toward something bigger where you can give the full 10%, mm. or you can then move above and beyond that. And giving, not just, you know, not neglecting the tithing, 
but also finding ways you can serve in your church and ways that you can be involved, um, giving your, your the best of your time, giving mm-hmm. the best of your energy, giving the best of the talents that God has given you as a way to worship him. And so I think just get started. Don't keep putting it off and saying, well, I've never done this before, but take that first step. So we want to thank you for listening. Uh, the questions from the Classroom series is ongoing and continues. We release one every Tuesday. We hope you will continue to join us, that you will like it, share it, talk about it with your friends. If you have questions you'd like us to add um, or comments about the podcast, you can reach us at questions at generations.email, or you can leave a comment where you see this posted on social media. May God bless you this week. information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.